everyone. I'm Reverend Carla and welcome to Spirituality Matters, a podcast that focuses on the intersection of spirituality and humanity. Now let's settle in and find that sacred space between here where I am and there where you are. Let us be reminded that the holy transcends our physical bodies and our time together is just as sacred and meaningful as if we were sitting beside one another. Okay, let's get started. Today's podcast is entitled Dear Me, and this podcast is inspired by my blog by the same name that you can find at numasoul.com. I want to pause here a minute and expand a little bit on a teaching regarding the inner child, because when I started thinking about what I wanted to talk about for the podcast, that's what came up for me, because any kind of inward contemplative practice where you're thinking about who you were or who you hope to be is talking about this innerness, this indwelling presence, this who we are because of where we've been or who we hope to be because of where we're going or where we see our lives going. And so Dear Me is inspired by some of the practices that I've used, but also today's writing is about a song that I'll explain a little bit more in just a few minutes, but let's pause and talk about the inner child. So the inner child refers to the part of our psyche that basically is the essence of our childhood self. It's this all-encompassing collection of our experiences, our memories, our feelings, our emotions, everything that we've had to the point where we can remember things. Now, for some of us, we have memories that are really, really young. And a lot of times people say that's because uh, they could have been traumatic experiences. But I know I have memories from being in a stroller and I can tell my mom about them. She's like, how do you remember those things? And But other people can't. And it's, so it's just, it's different for different people. But when you connect our inner child with who we are today, this can be a powerful practice. And a lot of times, depending on what it is that you're working through, it's often advised that you do this work with a licensed therapist. If you're dealing with, you're unpacking a lot of traumatic experiences in your life that you're still holding on to in your adulthood. But for those of us who want to use it as a spiritual practice, this is something that can bring some Uh, reflection and also some perspective on where you are now, because research has shown that connecting with this inner child, this inner knowing, it can have a lot of benefits, including this this self-awareness that I spoke about, or this improving your emotional regulation, because all of a sudden things start to make sense. When you start, for instance, a situation happens in your life over and over again, and you start to feel out of control, or you feel triggered at that time, going back and understanding things that happened in your past can say, oh yeah, that's something that happened back there. That's not what's happening in front of me now. So I'm safe. I can ground myself and move on into this experience. But it's also about connecting with our innocence and the wonder and the creative of who we were, the joy in our childhood, remembering things when fantasy and mystery and magic could exist because we hadn't been told otherwise that we couldn't dream and have those dreams be a part of our reality. So we tap into that vitality and that inspiration that can help us navigate some of our challenges of adulthood or remind us to just don't forget to be creative, take a pause to paint recklessly or dance with lots of energy and emotion, whatever it is for you. 
But this doesn't necessarily mean that it's a literal child experience. Maybe sometimes there were things about your childhood that were inhibiting. So in other words, you did not get the opportunity to experience things as a typical child might in a a safe experience, safe and loved experience. And going back and revisiting what your childhood could have been, could invite those experiences into your now, giving you permission to be more creative, to, to connect with your emotions in a, in a different way. So this whole concept is, I believe it's still developing, but it's also becoming more accepting because for many of us, especially once again, coming from these indoctrinated beliefs where your emotions were something that were supposed to be contained and controlled, it's freeing can feel a little wobbly at the beginning, but it also can be freeing. And that's why I encourage to use your inner child as a spiritual contemplative practice. Now coming soon, I will have a whole array, a library, if you will, spiritual vault, I like to call it, of some spiritual contemplative practices that you can use. And a couple of them are for the inner child. So um, be looking for those. They're coming soon. Now, what is a spiritual or contemplative practice. Those are just activities or techniques that are designed to promote inner peace or emotional well-being or spiritual growth. It often is referred to as that indwelling presence. If you don't have the words, because for many of us who are deconstructing, we're trying to find words that no longer are holding on to a theology that, that we reject. So finding those words that fit for you, for me, it means connecting to the holy, connecting my indwelling presence with the holy or the divine. And yes, sometimes I use the word God, but that is just for you to figure out for your journey. Now, the good thing about these spiritual and contemplative practices where before we might've been taught that it's only through prayer, it's only through worship, it's only through the corporate style activities that were approved by the church, meditation, breathing exercises, yoga, tai chi, dancing, journaling. There's so many activities, gardening, a walking meditation, Chanting, any one of these things can be a spiritual contemplative practice that moves you closer to a place of peace and grounding that connects you to your inner soul, to the divine. So this, there's different ways to look at it when you bring intention to it. Sure, some of those things can be used in a social setting, but they could also be something where you're creating an intention to move you closer to balance and peace and harmony and love. And to peel back some of those things that no longer serve your highest good and bring you to now and how you unite your humanity with your spirituality. So these can be uh, very, very healing. They can also leave you feeling very vulnerable, especially when you incorporate or integrate the inner child practices, because some, so many of us have not felt the permission to just be free, to just laugh and to be, have fun and not always have to be so serious. And that sometimes can be hard. So like I said, that might be something if you're having the trouble with some of these contemplative practices or seeing your, giving yourself permission to see beyond what your indoctrination showed, it might be time for a spiritual counselor or a licensed therapist. And like I said, more coming on those resources. So the title of this podcast is Dear Me, like I said, because I actually found this song um, several months ago, my daughter had sent me, sent it to me and oh my, it was so powerful to get it just when I did. But I recently wrote a, a social media post called the same thing. It was called dear me. And I wrote, dear me, please forgive me for how horrible I treated me before I knew better. 
love me. Because a lot of my religious indoctrination taught me to put my feelings aside, to suffer was to Christ. How many times did we hear did we hear those kinds of sermons where suffering was seen as something that we were supposed to feel in as part of the human condition because relief would come when we were in heaven. Salvation was what we were always working for, so suffering in this life was actually something that made us more saintly. And then to be able to be released from that and to find out that it is okay to love yourself, to take care of yourself to put others in your life, your other priorities in your life, other than just what your church says you should. It's okay to give them priority, to put them first. The spirituality that putting, quote, God first is actually looking at the balance in your life and what is meaningful for you and how will it help uphold and restore you in your life. So I was speaking a little bit to myself, to my former self and how much I just abused her to try to be worthy of my church leadership's acceptance, but also this sacrificial living that I thought was part of being Christ-like, which it absolutely wasn't. So it's important to understand what we need to peel away from, what we need to deconstruct from. And part of that for me was this. So those dear me exercises, again, inner child, dear me exercises and how those can help you. Now back to the song. You can find her song, Nicole Nordeman, Dear Me, on YouTube, and I have a link in it in the blog, and we can also put it in the show notes here. But if you don't know who she is, Nicole Nordeman is a contemporary Christian uh, singer and songwriter. Her voice is so beautiful, and really, she was famous in the uh, late 1990s and early 2000s when you heard all really contemporary Christian music was really starting to explode. But she has two songs. One is called Holy and Legacy, but she has a lot of songs that I, I really love. But she was known for these songs. They're very introspective. And I would call them almost with a mystical, mystical touch to them. But in 2017, now she, this is interesting because I did not know this. When I turned away from evangelical Christianity, I did not see a lot of these headlines, but I did not know. But in 2017, she made headlines in the, in the contemporary Christian world because she left evangelical Christianity. And I thought that was interesting because I saw her as different. Even I can look back and see that she was lived on the fringes, even though, yes, she was part of the Dove Awards. And yes, she was certainly considered a contemporary Christian artist. Her music gave you permission to rise above some of this, to get to God was this conduit through your church leadership. Hers gave you permission to just breathe and connect, to pause and just connect and feel the words and understand that there, that there was an experience there that that defied the boundaries and the rules set by Christian theology. And I felt that. I, I, I think that's why I was drawn to her. But she cited a lot of reasons in her blog post, but basically it was that she was sick and tired of the way women were treated. The LGBTQIA plus community was treated. Politicalization of Christianity, that was a big one. Think about 2017, what had just happened, and how narrow view and minded the Christian worldview had become. And she was tired of that. So of course, that created a lot of pushback. And in the evangelical world, you don't come back from that. We've seen that happen to the lead singer of Jars of Clay. 
We've seen it happen with other people who once you've made that choice, they're going to lash out with fury. And they did that with her. Now she's still making music. And that's where Dear Me came from because she just released that not too long ago. But she continues to make music. She continues to tour. Not very often her website's not really active and she's not doing anything on her Patreon. But Dear Me, this song, it's deeply personal. You can hear it in the words. It's an emotional. It deals with her own struggle of self-doubt and self-criticism. Uh, and in an interview, she said that this song... Now, this is so beautiful. In an interview, she said this song is an attempt to offer comfort and, and support to her younger self who struggled with feelings of inadequacy and self-judgment. So many of us were. So many of us indoctrinated into that evangelical Christianity. Part of what that faith continued to do was to peck holes into that self-worth. It was almost as if it required you to stay in that place because that from that place of vulnerability and brokenness, the church convinced you that only they could fix it. When in reality, the, the pipeline to a human to the divine is straight, but there was always an implication inside the evangelical church that in order for you to be counted as among the faithful, that that conduit became the self, the church and then God. So it served the leadership for you to constantly feel inadequate, constantly looking for that affirmation. And they did their part to make sure that they selectively gave it. And it sounds like her experience was very close to so many of us as myself. So she said, goes on to say, I wrote it for myself as a teenager, looking back and saying, if I could go back and talk to that girl and be the voice of hope and love in her life, what would I say? So it certainly is a, it, it's a love letter of acceptance and encouragement. And so many of you will hear that as, as well. I think you'll understand why it's like an anthem of hope and healing. So again, I was a huge fan. I would go see her. I would, this was at a time where I'd go see her Hillsong newsboys, third day, 10th Avenue North, Jason Gray, mercy me, uh, jars of clay before they got kicked out of the evangelical Christian club. And like I said, there was something about hers. It was more than just being evangelical. It was more my mystical. She has a song that's called Legacy. And the words go, I want to leave a legacy. How will they remember, remember me? Did I choose to love? And did I point to you enough to make a mark on things? I want to leave an offering, a child of mercy and grace who blessed your name unapologetically and leave that kind of legacy. How beautiful is that? Probably my favorite song of hers is... River God, which people oftentimes don't talk about, but it's, oh, you want to use a song even now that you could go into a contemplative practice, find Nicole Nordeman's River God. Here are some of the words, rolling river God, little stones are smooth only once the water passes through. But when I close my eyes and feel you rushing by, I know that time brings change and change takes time. And when the sunset comes and my prayer will be this one that you might pick me up and notice that I'm just a little smoother in your hands. So she's tying this, our lives as we tumble along in this life that hopefully our experiences and the choices we're making are making us smoother, just like rocks that are tumbling along the riverbed so that by the time we're picked up, we're seen for 
all the things that we cast away, all the all the rough edges of our humanity where we were defensive and didn't necessarily make the right choices. And we end up being this, this smooth rock that somehow can serve others in a beautiful way as we mature in this life. It's a beautiful, beautiful song, and I hope it serves you. So in this, in this blog, I talk about going to see her at a church in Chicago, driving all so from where I am, that's about four hours. And because she didn't typically per- perform in the traditional concerts, she would perform in a place where she could control the atmosphere. It was just her and her piano. And she just quietly walked on sa- stage, sat down. She, sometimes she would stop and talk a little bit about some of the songs. And one of them that she talked about was uh, Every Season. And she wrote that song about a friend whose husband died and she was going to sing this at his funeral. So in the song, she goes through all seasons and she compares this to God and how it is about how life is born. It changes, you lose those you love and it starts over again. So she wrote this about one of her friends who died uh, when he was electrocuted because he was standing in water and she wrote this and had to try to sing this at his funeral. So she sang this song at his funeral and it said, I guess it was beautiful. Now they said there's a vi- there's a video of her singing this song at the, at the funeral and I couldn't find it, but maybe one of you can find it and, and tag me in it. Some of the words in that was, what was frozen through is newly purposed, turning all things green. So it is with you and how you make me new with every season's change. And so it will be as you are recreating me, summer, autumn, winter, and spring. Oh, I just love that because it's not only symbolic of life in general and how we love and we lose, but also ourselves, how we go through these seasons where maybe we have to take time to restore, but then we think we're just about ready to give up on something or someone. And all of a sudden we have a new purpose. All of a sudden we're rejuvenated. And even if we're just giving up on ourselves, there's a reason because the sun returns. So I just, I just love it. And and the only way we knew the concert was ending was she got us all to stand up. We all sing together. And then we didn't even notice that she had stopped singing, but as the verse closed, we all raised our heads to see that she had left the stage. That's how humble she was. It was just a beautiful experience. So now here she is writing this song called Dear Me. So here, you know, she goes from, I want to leave a legacy, which I think that alone can be a a contemplative practice. I want to leave a legacy. How will they remember me? Did I choose to love? And no, there are times where I didn't choose to love, but am I choosing to love now? How am I living now? Is that something, is that a question that I can see where in my life do I need to continue to work on that? So then you have where she's coming to this point in her life and she is saying, dear me. So she writes this song while she's entrenched in evangelical Christianity that says, I want to leave this legacy. I almost feel like I talk about these spiritual breadcrumbs that we often have in our lives that point us to our deconstructing. I listen to her words from those songs at that time. And I wonder what she was struggling with in her life where it finally brought her to the intersection of her faith that said, I can no longer do this. I can find my connection to this, the, the God that I believe in without having to hold on to this toxic theology. 
because now she's come full circle and reconciled it with this song called Dear Me. How beautiful this. So she held on to the tenets of her Christian faith, just like Beth Moore did. And if you don't know who Beth Moore is, you you can know she's been beat up by the Southern Baptist Convention for a long time because she's a preacher by heart and they don't allow women preachers. So she finally left the evangelical faith as well because of the, the, the attacks towards her, but also the way they embrace Christian nationalism and white supremacy. But Nicole was able to hold on to her Christian faith in ways that some of us didn't, I didn't. And that I'm at peace with that. I, I can still find and resonate and connect with Nicole's story. Just I'd like, I hope that she would with me, but this song to me is so powerful that I can't listen to it very often. And I think part of that is because of how much, even though I have deconstructed, I'm still going to always be healing from that. I think anytime you have trauma in your life, you can't say, okay, did that, checked it off, just like you break your arm. There's always elements where people can go in and say, oh, did you break your arm one time? Because I see the, the fragments of there. Trauma stays with you in those ways where it might boil up in ways to say, oh, wait, I forgot I have that trauma break in there. And I got to make space for that in my life. So that's what I, that's why I think sometimes I have to be in the right space to listen to songs that are helping me on my deconstructing journey. I can listen to mu other music just fine, but this song, I got to be in the right space to listen to it. But recently, the reason why this came up for me and I knew I was going to write about it is because I, one of my mentors that I had um, really helped me during my early years of deconstructing where I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where I'm going. All I know is I cannot go back to church. I returned to her recently because writing this book has brought up some elements of my own vulnerability. I realized to write this book from a place of authenticity, I've got to show up completely vulnerable all the time. There's no place where I can fake this. And that really left me feeling wobbly. So I returned to my mentor and she encouraged me to sit with my younger self, to go back to that inner child practice. And I hadn't done it in a while. And she said, so when I'm feeling threatened or sad, go back and talk to her because why did she decide? Why is she showing up right now? Why is she needing this space and ensure her that you're going to be okay? So talk to her and in invite her to go out 10 years from now and look at where you've gone. And I remember that's exactly what she had me do when I started down my deconstructing path because we, she'd ask me, where do you see yourself going? I said, I don't see the path. She said, well, it's going to become clear. So let's, let's, let's pretend and let's go out there. And she would encourage me by saying, you're going to walk this path and then you're going to turn back and wave at people and say, hey, come this way. I, I did this, come this way. I'm like, what are you talking about? I can't even see the path. And now, of course... I get it. And that has become some of my deep spiritual work, but probably without her knowledge and her insight and her objectivity, I probably wouldn't have intuitively just turned to inner child practice because it felt too vulnerable to go there to say, I don't, you know, because I wanted to protect whatever this was that I was, was doing. So I didn't even see that as an option until she reminded me to visit my for former self because there were some answers waiting for me. So for me, because I don't have, back then I thought I had the right to gatekeep Jesus. I had the right, I thought I had all the answers. And here writing this book, I don't. I can only tell my story. And from my story, can that hopefully help inspire you on your story? 
because it takes courage to do what Nicole Norneman did and then to come in and tell her story through this song. And I know it took courage to do what I did, to turn away from my family's religious heritage, from my only religious identity, and then to stand here and tell my story and to help you deconstruct. And that comes from a place of courage, but it comes from a place of vulnerability. And so I applaud Nicole for offering her story through this song. And I hope that the work that I do helps you in some small way, just like I hope this book will as well, because it's coming from a place of authenticity, pure authenticity. And authenticity will always come up with vulnerability because you're going to show yourself in ways that you might not have ever shown the world. So inner child practices and dear me journaling or stories is a good way to do that. Now, I don't know if I'll ever get the chance to meet Nicole, to tell her what kind of healing balm she offered me when we were both evangelical Christians and how her words have helped me now that we're both out of it. But I want her to hear this, and I hope you hear this as well. We all did the best we could at the time when we were evangelical Christians and where we are now, we are all just doing the best we could then and the best we can now. Because back then, we thought it was good enough until it wasn't. Until all of a sudden, it not only wasn't good enough, it didn't feel right anymore. And not only did it not feel right anymore, it stopped to feel holy. And that's when it was time. I knew the last time I was walking out those church doors, I would never go back. Now, I lack the eloquent prose of Nicole Nordeman in her song. And I please, I hope you go listen to it right after this podcast. But at the end of the blog, I wrote, Dear me, I'm glad we made it out. I'm glad you trusted me to get us here. We still have work to do, but thank God we aren't where we once were. Continue to trust me. Okay? I love you. And blessed be. Okay, thank you for listening, beloved. You can watch the uncut version of today's episode on my YouTube channel, Spirituality Matters with Rev Carla. You can also connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, of course, and on my website at revcarla.com. And I'm honored to be in this space with you. Now, beloveds, go in peace and be at peace. Go in love and may you be loved. Go and know that others are on this journey with you and you are not alone. You are seen and deeply and unconditionally loved just the way you are. Blessings on your week. I'll see you soon. Bye for now.